hymn 102, Birthday of the King. Pat, Ms. Rima. In the little village of Bethlehem, there lay a child one day, and the sky was bright with a holy light o'er the place where Jesus lay. Hallelujah, oh how the angels sang. Hallelujah, how it rang. And the sky was bright with a holy light. T'was the birthday of a king. T'was a humble birthplace, but God gave to us that day. From the manger bed, what a path has led, what a perfect holy way. <clears throat> Hallelujah, oh how the angels sing. Hallelujah, how it rang, and the sky was bright with the Well, today, Brother uh, Jim is, is not here, as you can see, and Brother Matt and Joanna had to be called out because of a death in the family, so continue to remember them. Uh, as far as our missionary moment, I want to make reference to uh, the uh, bulletin where it, it references Eric White, and uh, as you'll see, there's an asterisk by his name that says you can't really use his real name. but. Um, Go ahead and read that uh, when you leave here today and take, take note of the missionary uh, work that he's doing in Central Asia. And uh, there's others that actually have birthdays today. Please remember them also as they're off doing God's work in other places. Uh, just praise them and, and uh, continue to pray for them as they do their work. Um, Want to, uh, let's see, make references to, to your bulletin. Just take a look at all the things that are going on, and Brother Mark will be referencing that later today. Uh, let's, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today for this time together on this Christmas day, Lord, actually 25th. And we want to praise you for sending your son and for uh, him being the perfect, perfect lamb perfect sacrifice as he grow, grows in wisdom and knowledge, Lord, and, and sacrifice himself for us that we can spend eternity with you. Lord, I pray for these that have been mentioned for this special prayer emphasis for our missionary mentioned this morning, Lord, and for all the others that have, have birthdays today. We pray that you continue to bless them, bless their work, and we not forget them in prayer and keep lifting them to you in prayer. Lord, we ask that you be with the service this morning. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, may, may you touch their heart, may something be said or a song sang that stirs your, your Holy Spirit, stirs something in them that they want to step forward and accept you as, as their Savior. Lord, we praise you and thank you for your power and glory and love you and uh, be with the continuance of our service. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, as we continue, let's go to our next hymn. Our next hymn would be What, a Chi what Child Is This? And please join us. It's 118 in your hymnal. And we'll sing What Child Is This? And we're going to sing all three verses, Tommy. Ladies. What child is this? sleeping whom angels greet 
Children's Church, I didn't check to see if there's any of the Children's Church going on. It is going on, okay? So during this next song, uh, the children will gather over on the piano side, and if you will stand and join us on hymn, or hymn 88, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Thank you guys for flipping to that next verse there because we are a little bit late getting started. We want to welcome uh, Brother Herb Hester with us this morning and uh, most of you already know him and you've known him through the years at First Baptist Church. He was at First Baptist Church 19 and a half years. He's also been interim in several churches, four since he's retired. He's been interim at, at First Baptist Church Hillsboro, First Baptist Church Tracy City, 
at Fairhaven Baptist Church in Shelbyville and also First Baptist Church in Mont Eagle. So uh, he's not retired, he's retreaded. <laughs> so Brother Hester, come and lead us what the Lord has laid on your heart. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Good to see you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I love, I love Christmas. I know you do too. And it's good to see you here today. I read the other day that about 85% of the churches will be having services on Christmas Day to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I thought about that and I thought, wow. God plates Christmas on Sunday and we decide we'll stay home. Now, there's nothing wrong with being home. Plus, trust me, I, I love family and I love us being together. But I think it's really neat when you have Christmas and the 4th of July on Sunday. Because, you know, those two times of year we focus differently. And research tells us more people will attend church and pay attention to what's going on in local churches those two times of year than any other time. Glad you're here. I'm excited to be here with you. You know, can you imagine that things just didn't go perfectly on Christmas Day? I mean, you just can't hardly understand that, right? Now, Mary and Joseph, hmm, wow. So what we've experienced here today is really nothing, right? <laughs> it's great. It's good to see you today. What I want to ask you to find is Matthew chapter 2, if you will. And in a few minutes, I'm going to have us follow along. I'll be reading from the New International Version uh, that uh, came out in 1984. Uh, whatever version you use, they, they fit pretty closely. Most of the, of the strict translations are, are close enough. They use some different words from time to time. Title of the message today is the sounds of Christmas. Now, after I submitted that here, I got to thinking, you know, really I probably should have called it the sights and sounds of Christmas. I really, really enjoy Christmas. When Cindy, my wife, and I got married, she finally said, Herb, you cannot start listening to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I thought, who are you to tell me that? But very quickly, I figured out who she was, you know. And so we're in good shape, and there's no problems at this point. But you know, the sights and sounds of Christmas, they're really special. They honestly are. And they create in our world a culture that draws us to a very similar place no matter where we are. There's a uh, Christmas carol out there. I don't remember the name of the one, but here, here's one of the phrases from it. Do you hear what I hear, said the night wind to the little lamb. It's Christmas time. I don't know what you associate with Christmas. I think about it, you know, there are songs out there, the ringing of bells where you go and you hear choirs singing. There's stores jam-packed with people, at least they used to be. Now Amazon's jam-packed with people trying to get their stuff. And you order it in November and it comes in January. But it works out really good. Uh, you still get it usually, usually. But you know, being in a store, crowded, and people moving around, and, and you hear the noise, and you hear people laughing. Sometimes there's a little one who's been out so long, they're thinking we are never going home again. And they're a little unhappy. There are all kinds of sounds that touch us in Christmas. The music, I love the music of Christmas. I know you do too. This is just such a special time of year. Crowded people, conversations, laughter. You know, 2,000 years ago, there were sounds of Christmas sights of Christmas. Mary and Joseph, as you know, had made their way from up in Nazareth to Jerusalem. Now, folks, they didn't move there. They went there for a very short trip and to return. We think about the inconvenience we've had here this morning. Think about how their lives changed because they weren't moving to Bethlehem. They were going there because they were required to by the government. They were going to fulfill their responsibility and go back home where Joseph made a living. 
You remember the story of how the angels appeared. One angel to Mary, maybe the same angel coming to see Joseph in a dream. They both walked close enough with God that when he spoke to them, they recognized his voice. You know how we know we're hearing God? We know we're hearing God when we sense what he is saying to us. And because we have been spending time with him, we recognize his voice. Years ago when Corrie ten Boom, I, most of you probably will not have heard of her, but she was in the Holocaust and she was a friend of ours. And I can remember her so many times as I, we would leave, she'd, she'd say this phrase to me. She'd say, Herb, I wish I could say it the way she did. Remember, Jesus is victor. You know what? I can still hear that. I can't say it, but I can hear it. You know what else I can hear? I can hear my father on the phone saying to me, Hi, Herb. Hi, son. See, there are sounds that mean so much to us. God interrupted the lives of two very young people. But they trusted him. Now, the only way that happened was they'd been spending time with him. If you and I want to know we're hearing the voice of God, and we want to say, I'm going to be like Mary and Joseph. One key thing. You stay in the word. And if you stay in the word and pray, you know what will happen? You will recognize the voice of God. When you don't do that, then you'll be saying, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if, Mary and Joseph had made their way to Bethlehem. And now all of a sudden the baby's going to be born. We, we're, we're well aware of the story. But think about the sights and sounds. It starts with a, with a mother with a bright shining face and a little baby boy. And he's crying and he's making the sounds the little baby makes. Those beautiful, beautiful sounds of children in homes and in churches. But you know where else it was? Shepherds in the field. All of a sudden there's a light. Have you noticed that light is a big part of Christmas? See, the very first Christmas it was a big part of it. Still is. And remember they saw the angel. And the angel declares to them a great truth. And then there's a host of angels, and they begin to sing the greatest harmonies ever heard on planet Earth in all of history, of all the universe, a few shepherds in a field heard the harmonies of angels singing about the Christ. What did they do? Those shepherds? They make their way to Mary and Joseph. And suddenly there's the sounds of shepherds at the, at the gate or wherever they were. And they, and they come in and they begin to talk. And what did Mary and Joseph hear then? They heard the story of angels. Now, did that mean something to them? You better believe it. Because God started this whole thing with angels coming and speaking to them. And now what are they hearing? Shepherds are talking about the same thing. Did they believe God was going to do what he said? Yes. But now look what God's doing. The very way God drew them in to his plan for their life and for us forever was with the angels. And now all of a sudden here are shepherds. And the shepherds begin to declare and they're listening and they're hearing the sounds of Christmas. They're hearing the shepherds say, here's what God has said to us through his angel. And you know what? It corresponded with what God had said to Mary. It corresponded with what God had said to Joseph. And they knew. Do you know what happened soon after that? Three men from another part of the world showed up. And they weren't lowly shepherds. These guys came with all the pomp and circumstance and wealth that anyone could ever hope to have. And they heard the sights and sounds and they saw them. The beautiful clothes. 
gold handed to them. Frankincense and myrrh. One of our trips to Israel came back with a little, little bottle this big of frankincense. In this room right now, if I, if I had it here, I should have brought it. And I took the lid off. It wouldn't take long till you know what would happen. You, where you are, would smell it. Back in Jesus' day, people would buy bottles of that. It was like putting your money in the bank because it constantly increased in wealth. And they heard the sights and the sounds and the, the star. Sights and sounds of Christmas, they're exciting and they're powerful. And we, we think about those and we think about the sights and sounds of Christmas that we have. Do you know what God included in his word? He continued to describe and give us sights and sounds of Christmas. Those sights and sounds are recorded in Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 13. The Magi, being directed by angel, went home another way and did not go back to see Herod. If you read this history of Herod, he was ruthless, killed his own family members if he thought they might be in any way wanting to take over his throne. When they, referring to verse 13, referring to the wise men, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there till I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Now, we watch Joseph's response because here's the angel again. Here's what's happening. Look what it says. So he got up, he took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord said through his prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Now remember, they, they're from Nazareth. They were in Bethlehem, and now they're on their way to Egypt. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and the vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. What is said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and mourning Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. You see, this is also the sights and sounds of Christmas. The Magi came. Now, no one knows for sure when they arrived. Some say they did, they, that they arrived two, when Jesus was two years old. My personal opinion is, is that they were not planning on living in Bethlehem. Why would they have been there for two years? What they shared with him was a time. When you study Herod, you can be sure that whatever time that they were dealing with that star and however long their journey took, it was not two years. Herod was a guy that if he came at him and he thought he needed you were a problem to him, he'd take you and your whole family just to make sure. And so what happens? He sends the soldiers in. And this verse reveals to us the insecurity of a king and the ruthlessness of a king. When you talk about the sights and sounds of Christmas, what we also hear is the shouts of soldiers, the wailing of parents, and the crying of infant boys as they are brutally murdered in many different ways in their homes and in the streets. 
back in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The Old Testament scriptures are repeated, and here's what they say. You will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When we come to these sights and sounds of Christmas, we watch God as he does something in the, in the Christmas experience that impacts us and affects us today. Because you see, he is God with us. And what that means is, when he comes and says, be yoked to me, when he comes and he says, get on the, the track and run your race of life and focus on me at the end, he's saying, there's a life to be lived. And it's not always going to be perfect, but we go through it together. I think right now, for you and me, and just where we're at with so many uncertainties in our lives over the last few years. This part of the Christmas story, and the sights and sounds that are recorded here become important to us and they remind us that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Three things about our world and three things that we understand he is with us. Here's the first one. There's suffering in the world. And God comes to bear it with us. The Bible's brutally honest about the Christmas story. It gives us the glorious picture of the angels and the shepherds and the wise men. And then it turns and reveals to us the tragedy and the hatred of Herod and the murdering of the soldiers of those little babies. I think it's impossible for us to fully catch the impact of what's recorded here as so much of what God's word does. We understand the truth of it, but to catch the depth of it, our hearts just can't go there. It'd be impossible to manage what those parents went through on that night in Bethlehem as the soldiers burst into the homes and began to kill their, their young boys. One of the years when we were in Israel, we went to the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. One of the things about that that I remember is a picture. It's, a, it's an actual, a copy of an actual photograph, it's enlarged. And what you see in that picture is you see a mother running with her baby in her arms like this. And behind her is a German soldier. And he kills them both. What a tragedy. You know, there's suffering in our world. Right now, there are people around us, we're suffering in different ways. Every person here has, has had some impact over the last few years. What have we watched? We've watched COVID come. My wife right now has a hard time in the mornings. They don't know whether she's got long COVID or one, one uh, pulmonologist at a hospital in, in, uh, that's actually a member of our family, he runs the, uh, the, the breathing unit for one of the large hospitals there. And he said they've pretty much decided now that there is something out there called adult onset asthma. People who've never had asthma, not related to asthma in any way, are getting, it's because it affects the lining. It's not in the lungs, they can't find it through doing the normal things they would do. It's in the lining of some of the tube work that's in there. I don't begin to understand it. We know what it's like. My, my neighbor across the street, one of my neighbors called me, I was somewhere else, I don't remember where I was, I was, I was out of the state, and I, and I got a text from a neighbor saying this morning, and he mentioned a neighbor there, said he died, he got, he's 53 years old, he got COVID and he died. We're living in, in a time when illness is there, it's impacted 
financially. There isn't anyone who hasn't been impacted anywhere. I guess if you're rich enough, maybe not. I don't know. We're, we're impacted by the uncertainty of so many things in, the, in our culture with, with employment and, and in the government perspective, perspectives on so many different levels in so many different ways. See, we're living in a time that's very different. What happens is Christmas comes and Christmas came back in that first Christmas to a suffering world. And in that suffering world, God tells us that he's not going to guarantee that we won't suffer, but what he tells us is he is here to bear it with us. The Christmas story, these sights and sounds remind us that no matter where we go in life, God is with us. There's a second thing, uncertainty. There's uncertainty in our world, and God is here to lead us through it. He doesn't take the uncertainty away. Think about Mary and Joseph, uncertain. She is she's a pregnant to the point that she is, and now they've got to go to, this, to Bethlehem. Oh, it's not a long distance in our travel today, but back there it was like three days, and she's expecting a child. The uncertainty of getting there and where are they going to stay, all kinds of uncertainty rocked around their life. The uncertainty of, of, of believing that God has really spoken to them and they're trusting him and they're taking every step that he asks them to take. But in the back of their mind, I wonder what was there. We should see God was leading. And they did not know what was coming. After the baby is born, suddenly in the middle of the night, what happens is Joseph wakes Mary up. She's sound asleep. He wakes her up and he says, angel has appeared to me again. They're coming for Jesus. Herod's going to kill him. We've got to leave. And they don't wait till tomorrow. They get up immediately and they start the journey. I don't know if either one of them, probably neither one of them ever been to Egypt. Um, are we sure we're going in the right direction? Uncertainty. Um, Joseph, uh, wh where are we actually going? You don't know? Oh. Yeah, God will lead, all right. Hmm. Where are we going to live? You know, the one thing they probably did know is that on the back of that donkey was some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. Now, what were they going to do with that? Live on it. Yeah. God provided in a very unique and powerful way. You know what I found in my life? God always provides better than I ever thought. He provides in the best way and he provides more completely. And I think about the fact that he offers us the chance to live life in our strength or his. My little girl, who's now 43, uh, we, we were, I pastored in Florida for 14 years and we were at the beach at one time, and we were, and her older sister was uh, about three years older than her, and and um, a fantastic swimmer from the time she was about three. She was actually being trained for the Olympics at one point, and then we moved, and she wasn't willing to stay there, so it never happened. But here's the deal: her sister sees her older sister out there, and she wants to go out there in the water. So I said, "Okay, honey, come on. We're at Daytona, and you got the breakers there. If you ever been to Daytona, okay." So I said, "Come on, honey, I'll pick you up." She said, "No, Daddy, I don't." I, uh, let me hold your finger. I remember looking at her thinking, all right. So we start walking out, and I've got my finger down, and she's holding on. You know what happened. About the time we got out there far enough that one of those breakers hit right here, boom. Man, she went back. She came up spitting and sputtering and crying, and I picked her up, and she wanted to go back in to the, to the, the beach. So that's what we did. A little while, she kept watching her sister out there. And she said, Daddy, I want to go. I said, okay, let's go. And I stuck my finger out. You know what she said? No, Daddy. You carry me. Do you know what? That's a powerful illustration. See, if we ask God, no, let me just hold your finger, he'll put his finger out there. When all the time, if we let him, he'll carry us. We're awfully stubborn. Those are hard lessons to learn sometimes. So Mary and Joseph, they had these big questions. Where do, how do we get there? Where do we go when we get there? And how are we going to set up shop and live 
until the angel says we're to come back because we don't know when we're going back. But think about this. They had a bigger question than that. Can't you see Joseph at night laying awake looking at Jesus thinking, God. He's God. How do you raise God? I love the way Max Licato put it <laughs> in one of his writings. You know what he said? He said, we've all had this experience as parents. You know, you are grandparents. you got little children around you, and, and you go and you look, and, and uh, you go outside one time, and they want to go outside and count the stars. And so you go out with them and start looking, and a little bit they say, there's so many. Max Licato put it this way. What do you do? When you're Mary and Jesus says, let's go out and count the stars, they go out and he counts them. I mean, that's kind of the deal here. Now, I realize that, I don't know, maybe it did happen, who knows? Only Max Cato and God know that. But uh, you know what? How, Joseph was charged with the responsibility of raising the Messiah. Big order. Life was uncertain for them. In our lives today, you know, I look at the uncertainty. You know where my focus goes? To my family, just like you. I have a granddaughter who, on the fourth of this, this month, turned 20. She's in college. I have a grandson, another granddaughter, that in April, both of them will turn 17 and they're both graduating from high school. And then there's another granddaughter who's a ninth grader. And you know what I do? I look at them and I think, what are they going to know? What do they know right now? They don't, they don't recognize the world and they don't recognize where we live the way I do or the way I remember it anyway. There's so much change. And you know what? I want it to be like it was. But we're on a journey. We can walk by ourselves or we can walk with God. Life is uncertain. Mary and Joseph, they didn't know this, but you know what? They had a great advantage. Here's what they knew because of the way they had spent time with God. They knew that God was leading them and they knew that God would care for them. How did they know that? They spent time with him. That little boy who was jostled on the journey to Egypt. Would one day stand back in his homeland and he would speak to the people and say, don't worry what you eat or what you drink, what you wear. For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Here's the deal. Neither one of us knows what tomorrow holds. When we invite Christ to come into our life, we allow him to pick us up. We know the one who holds our tomorrows in his hands. See, the sights and sounds of Christmas that occurred in Bethlehem after Mary and Joseph left, they remind us that he's there with the uncertainty. They remind us that he's there in life with the suffering. But you know what else? We're reminded that there is death in our world and God has come to overcome it. Death has always been a part of the world because of sin. And in this particular case, there were victims, victims of a, of a selfish pride of a man and these little innocent babies were destroyed. All the little boys, but one was saved so that he eventually would become death itself and die on the cross for you and me. There's death in our world. We watch loved ones slip into eternity. We miss the sounds of their voices and we miss the touch of their hands, miss their companionship. And in some ways there's just this emptiness and you know what? God doesn't come and take it away. He hasn't taken death away. 
Death stays. Suffering stays. Uncertainty is still here. But the message of Christmas and the sights and sounds in these days that we read about now, on that evening, that day, that week, whatever it was, we're reminded that they don't have the last word. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and at one point he asked this question, Oh, death, where is your sting? Hey, grave, where's your victory? And then he points out that both are defeated by Christ. There's an outdoor nativity, true story. And uh, they, they set up the nativity. It had some large figures to it. About the time they got it finished and the evening came and they turned on the lights, all of a sudden they noticed something. A little boy that lived at the house had gone in the garage and he had a dinosaur, T-Rex, that was about seven feet tall. And it blew the thing up, and he blew it up, and he put it out there in the middle of the nativity. Well, Dad went out there, and he took it, and he put it back in the garage. Next night, they lit up the lights. Guess what? T-Rex was there. <laughs> he let the air out. He took it back. Next night, the same thing. He went to his son and said, son, you can't put that. The dinosaurs, no, 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 not nativity. He said, but it's my dinosaur. He said, I, I want it to be there. I want Jesus to take care of it. And you know what that, that father thought? You know what? There are dinosaurs in our life. And most of them we can't take care of. But there's not a dinosaur in your life or mine that Christ can't take care of. What a powerful object lesson. So before we pray, Think on this. God, through his son Jesus, came to help us through times of suffering, to lead us through times of uncertainty, and to give us victory over death. And it comes down to this. He offers himself as a gift to us. If you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, all the Christmas gifts that have ever been under the tree for you cannot compare to this. Because you see, every other gift wears out, goes away, gets stolen, whatever the case may be, or maybe it's someone we love and they pass on. But Christ offers us a relationship. What he said was, every person that receives me as Savior, God gives them to me and I hold them in my hand. And no one can take him away. And then he went on to say, and we are in the hand of the Father. I love the way Paul put it. You know what he said? We are dead in Christ, and Christ is hid in God. Now think about it. If Satan ever wants you, where does he have to go? Everybody that's ever gone there has been saved. There's no way Satan's ever going to give in and be saved. The Bible tells us that. Christmas, it offers you and me a chance to walk through our everyday life, every day, in the presence, the power, the light of Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior. If you've never invited him to come into your life, the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive would be to receive him. See, God has that gift for you. This morning, if you've invited Christ to come into your life, what is he asking you to do right now? Because you see, constantly he will be moving, just as he did in Mary and Joseph's life. See, what he did was he didn't leave them in, in Jerusalem area. He didn't leave them in Bethlehem. They weren't even in Nazareth. He moved them. He moved them at different times. Jesus moved under the accordance with the will of mighty God the Father. And lives were changed. 
He wants to move in your life and mine. And every single day he cares where we are, what's going on. And he has that day of life in our hands. The gift of Christmas. The gift is Jesus. How are those of us holding this gift? And are we presenting it to anybody else? If we know him as our Savior. If you've never received the gift, why? Why wait? I want to ask you to stand with me and pray. I want to pray, and afterwards I'll be standing down here if you'd like to come. If you'd like to kneel, you don't have to talk with me. If you'd like to come to the altar and simply pray for a few moments by yourself on this Christmas morning, you feel free to come. Today, if there's a spiritual decision you need to make and share with this church family, maybe, you, maybe this should be your church home. It's not yet, but today's a good day for you to make that decision. Come and share that. Whatever God's leading you to do right now, here's the key. Every time he leads us, we're in exactly the same place Mary and Joseph were. We either walk in his will or we walk outside of it and there's no other place. God's leading you to do something right now. You need to do it. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the joy of the sights and sounds of Christmas. Even these that are so dark and hurtful. Lord, thank you that you love us enough that you have sent your son. Thank you that you offer us the precious gift of eternal life and a relationship with you that is so special. Right now, we invite you to come and speak to us on this Christmas day. For each one of us, what would you have us do right now? May your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us with hymn 89, O Come All Ye Faithful. Ladies.
Brother Hester, thank you very much for leading us and showing us and leading us in the sounds of Christmas. We are grateful for the gift we've been given, and uh, now you can share it in this coming year. We uh, ask that you continue to be with uh, those that are not in attendance and those that uh, have uh, sickness in their, in their household. I don't have any announcement, but I know Brother Mark has some to leave. But thank you very much, and Merry Christmas. Morning, everybody. Thank you, Brother Herb, for being with us this morning and and sharing. Uh, Brother Stan has a word for us before we close here. Merry Christmas! The annual men's breakfast is coming up on January the 14th, Saturday. The speaker is going to be my former principal, Chris Hawkersmith. So mark your calendars for a day of fellowship and worship, and we hope you can come out that day. The men's breakfast, January 14th. I don't really have any announcements. Just take note of the modified schedule this, this week. There will be no evening services tonight. There is a prayer service Wednesday, and there will be a Sunday morning service on New Year's Day next Sunday. Um, unless somebody has something else, we'll close this in prayer this morning. Yes. Okay, let's remember the Tate family, Alan and Brian, and this time it's hard. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you uh, for this reminder from, from your word in Matthew uh, that you are the one that has provided victory through suffering, through uncertainty. And we thank you that that victory was, uh, your son was willing to come and to be born in that manger. And we thank you that uh, Mary and Joseph were willing to be obedient to you in following your will. And may we be inspired to live our lives in the same way. Uh, just go with us now from this place, and may you bless our lives uh, to you, to honor and glorify you in the days ahead, we pray in Christ's name.